Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, the podcast that guides those looking for a home that expresses their unique lifestyle to release creative DNA into their project and have it completed while keeping the artistic vision alive. Now, here's your architect creative, J.D. Carling. Time to open up our heart to openings in architecture. I'm J.D. Carling. You're here with the Card Custom Home and Architecture podcast, and we have been talking about the materials and systems for your custom home. And if you're just tuning in, last week we talked about wood, and before that we talked about metal. Before that we talked about concrete and masonry, and before that we talked about different aspects of design, and before that we discussed the process of building a custom home. So if you haven't listened to those, those are all great episodes that will help culminate, work towards the culmination of your knowledge about the custom home process and what to expect in a custom home. But today we're talking about openings. Now, that is the industry term for the group of doors, windows, access panels, and also louvers at times. Those all get grouped into one thing. So we're going to touch on a little bit of each of those today. But this is the element of a building which allows for that implied feeling of an implied definition between different spaces where you can perhaps see between one space and another, eventually connect to it, but there is some element of definition. Even two rooms that are totally open to each other can be defined by reveals and walls, changes in material, the way the light is treated in one part of the space versus another. But glass is an amazing technology that allows us to have more functionality in that connection or separation. First, I believe the, you know, long, long time ago, it was uh, actual natural elements was kind of used as letting light into a space, which I believe was maybe even a a mica or something like that. But it it was a a natural stone-like element that allowed light to pass through it. And then there became different ways of melting glass or melting uh, material like uh, crystalline material like sand or whatever into a glass. And um, there's a whole scientific chemical lesson about temperature and heat and the process of creating glass that we won't get into on this episode other than one of the most common things you'll run into is that tempered glass needs to be used anywhere where somebody or something may come in contact with it. And so that is more for safety than anything. We typically do tempered glass on all our openings instead of trying to mix and match. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like if you're within 16 inches or 12 inches of a door to the side, you've got to have tempered glass versus annealed. Once you get a certain distance away, you don't need it anymore. And the best practice, in my opinion, is to use tempered glass Everywhere, there are times where laminated glass and other things like that are appropriate, but that's typically what you'll be looking out for. So, you know, there's so many buildings that we have that are dependent on glass. If you look at Philip Johnson's glass house or the Farmsworth house, those are houses that were made possible architecturally by the technology of glass and using glass in different ways. There is actually a house, I used to have a book of it, that was made completely out of glass. It was unbelievable. It was a millions or hundreds of thousands of uh, glass sheets that were glued together that made everything, the, the walls, the ceiling, the floor, the 
countertops, everything was just slices. It was almost like the way a 3D printer works today. They cut the house out of glass. But there are buildings like the addition to the Louvre by I.M. Pei or the Crystal Cathedral in California, which are primarily a glass, transparent, opening-related architecture. And you probably won't go that extreme with your home, but it's fun to speculate what an opening is. So when you're in architecture school, at least where I went, one of the early lessons that you have is called door window stair. And the idea is to challenge the notion of what creates a door, which is one, an opening to move into another space. A window is the perception of yourself between two spaces, the communication of space without actually occupying it. And a stair is the vertical ascension through space, which is different because of gravity. For us to move up, we need a device to get up there currently. Maybe one day we won't need that device. So that co-communication in different ways between X, Y, Z axis and also the vision of being somewhere else, which is often called the window, is a fun exploration. And so the way you do that is creating things. So when you're doing an architecture model, you're not bound immediately by the constraints that you have in a building. So different ways of framing an opening, but like a knee wall, right, next to a column and then a roof overhang may create the feeling of a window with an opening. The other side is left open next to it. But those things create a boundary that you look through. So that's a concept of a window into another space. And the idea of a stair, a lot of times we think of the stair as the thing, right? Like you walk up a stair, I want a wood stair. But the stair is really all the encompassing elements of the experience of ascending from one or descending from one space to another or within the space itself within your building and your custom home. So when you begin to think of it that way, you take your eye off the object. Now, there's certainly totally beautiful sculptural stairs. If you look at the curved concrete staircases in Brasilia or some of the solid wood staircases that are made in homes nowadays, where the whole thing is, is its own sculpture, it's absolutely beautiful, but it becomes magic in my opinion, when the way that it trans it transcends into that other space catches your attention, the way the light comes down the stair. We've done buildings where there's a spiral stair that goes up through to the second floor within a large wood atrium, and all the walls are angled around it, and you, they're all projecting upward. And so we're trying to create that feeling of movement up through a space. Uh, another home that we did where we placed the windows by a large oak tree at the top of a stair. And so when it's sunset or the end of the day, you get all this beautiful movement of leaves coming down from above, right? So when you're downstairs, you don't see the windows, but you do get this projection onto the stair of nature. And so they're fixed windows. It's not a door, it's not a balcony, but there, it's an opening that allows the texture and the, the light contrast and figure ground of the stair to come into the space. And that's what these tools are useful for. Yes, a door gets you into a room. Yes, a window can let natural air in, right? And a stair can get you upstairs. An access panel can get you into your attic. But there's more fun to be had. That's the basic step. I'm just reminded. So yesterday, I love pixel art because it's an exercise in minimalism. And I was watching this mini documentary or analysis of the pixels. 
<laughs> I was eating chips before this and my fingers are red. And if you're not watching on video, I just held up my fingers and I can see Dorito cheese on my fingers. So anyway, that was funny. But the pixels are 20. I think he's roughly 22 pixels tall. And it was made back in the 80s, early 80s. And this guy learned pixel art by dissecting the Mega Man pixels. And then he, you know, he's been doing it for eight years now. So he goes and does an analysis of the way that he would do Mega Man now with his understanding and the advancements in pixel art since that game came out. And it was absolutely amazing just in the same number of pixels. I remember thinking Mega Man is the coolest looking thing, but he pushed it just that little little bit further by getting nuanced with maybe leaving some pixels out or tilting some a certain way to create more action in the stance. And I believe that's what's possible to do with your openings, with your doors or windows and the ascension between different floors. Now, stairs kind of go in its own division as far as the official topics go, but I'm kind of including them today because what we're exploring with this topic is transition or threshold or connectivity through space. And these are the elements that we typically have. Now, I'll go through a little bit of a, a technical review. A lot of you probably know this stuff, but this will get you going with questions that you ask when you're doing your house or what maybe connects with you. So if you remember from the metal episode, there's aluminum and steel, and those are common materials for windows. Now, steel windows are by far my favorite. They had a problem because of the thermal connectivity through them being terrible. So there's a company, Hope Steel, and I think one other that can make steel windows now. That is the top. As far as cost, that is the top. But it does have the thermal, the strength and the thermal break that creates more of an energy efficient home and you can have insulated glass with it. Aluminum windows do have the option for thermal break, but they're becoming less and less common, whereas wood and vinyl and now fiberglass are common materials that can be used. In a, a vinyl window, that's by far the most common used. You have basic colors for the most part, white, maybe bronze or black, and then beige. And then you have the opportunity to have it painted on the outside and white on the inside in case the architecture is different between those two. By far my favorite to use other than steel because, I mean, one steel window can be 25 grand. And so there are times where that's appropriate. And that's, I love to use that. But uh, wood also is something that a lot of people connect to. And you can have a lot of fun with contrasting with the finishes in the home. Those are also typically metal clad on the outside and wood on the inside. There is a company that I met with from France that makes windows for castles, like European castles out of pear wood. And they're just solid wood. There's no metal cover, no plastic color. And the mullions are the size of my head almost. You know, I think they're like six or eight inches. It's just absolutely magnificent windows. And so even seeing that type of stuff gives you ideas. Sorry, I'm going to, I have a little script that I'm trying to follow, but I like to think about things that, that uh, bring joy to the process. So when I saw that huge frame, I was like, you know, that's something I haven't seen before. Obviously, um, we're not building like embattlement castles today. They're modifying them. But seeing the huge frame made me think there are ways to communicate that strength or that idea in space other than, hey, let's make an opening. Let's put a, a nailer around it, put a window in and then stucco over the edges and make it look nice. That strength and that sturdiness that comes from that massive piece of the wood frame 
is something that you can construct architecturally without buying that. So exploring different technologies and materials and products can give you more ideas about aspects of space that you may want to communicate. So always be open to new materials, exploring things, telling things a different way, and it's sure to add a little bit to your project that will go a long way. I keep a folder of all these materials and my wife laughs at me because, and I've probably mentioned this before because I was talking about it. I have this binder and I take every magazine I get, I go through it one time, I rip out the pages of things that I hope to use one day and I save it. And I rarely throw anything away. Sometimes I've put things in there multiple times, but sure enough, every couple projects I get to use one of them and my client tells me something about their story and I go, oh, I remember I've been saving this since 2008 and this is the time to use it. And uh, that curiosity or that waiting, that patience really can enhance a project just by waiting and just by exploring. Um, so anyway, getting back on topic, I was, <laughs> I was thinking about, I was just thinking about that, using things a, a different way. So there's all these different materials that you use in, in Windows and depending on the aesthetic that you want to go for, but depending on the performance that you're seeking and your budget, those can come into play with deciding what type of opening you want to use. Now, pretty much everywhere in the U.S. now, you need to have, in. if somebody gives you a proposal without this nowadays, I would be shocked, but insulated glass with low E. In cooler areas, you'll typically see argon or you can see argon in there. It's not as much in our market. I have purchased them with them before. It's not as, as big of a difference. It's the same in a cooler climate. At times, you'll see triple pane glass. It's not very common here. There's a difference when you're trying to keep heat in a building versus keep heat out, which one you get the most bang for your buck out of. So you want to talk with your architect and your window supplier. Make sure your architect is talking with the window supplier to make sure in your area that you're getting the best technology with the type of product that you want, whether you want wood, vinyl, aluminum, steel, fiberglass. So the insulation quality will typically show up in solar heat gain value and U-value, or solar heat, SHGC, solar heat gain coefficient or U-value. So those are other things that you want to ask about. What are those? Is it extra important for you if you're trying to get some type of green scenario or green certificate uh, for your, your project? Then the big one is products meant for the interior and exterior of your home. Now, the exterior, the primary things that you're going to be concerned with are sun and rain, wear and tear, things like that, keeping the elements out and protection. When you're inside, doors are more related to privacy and acoustical separation, visual separation. So you want to compare different things. So the doors are totally different. Typically inside, you don't have a, a threshold that you walk across, right? But outside you do, and that's related to water. The way my team typically works, someone might install all of them, but the providers for the exterior versus interior are different. The ways they go in are different because one, especially here, is uh, related to wind uplift and being able to withstand wind so that the way it's attached is more robust and different than the interior doors are. And we typically try to use frameless doors as much as possible on the interior of the home and try to make the door and jams disappear as much as possible, just like we do with the trim and baseboards and everything like that around windows 
and the, the bottom of the floor or any built-in elements. The idea is to allow the space and material to be what it is and not the decoration. The functionality of these things both can make a big difference. So we're doing a office right now that has a folding partition and we're doing a house that has a, a folding wall that goes to the outside. Now, the office one is because sometimes they want to have two different meetings and they want to divide it. There's windows between that. So the acoustic separation was the thing that was important for them, but they also still wanted it to feel like a big space. Now, on the house, the folding wall is to bring, to create an extension of the garden and the material we were using there is wood. So that is more about creating connectivity for a sitting space to the outside and in the right setting during the summer, the garden and the sitting area will kind of be one because the backyard is only 10 feet deep on this particular lot. It's an urban urban lot. So they really want to get the bang for their buck out of this garden. So they have two 12 foot walls that will open up to the garden in the back that's eight that are eight feet tall. In fact, we're working on another project that actually has rotatable and movable panels. So you can, instead of having to open the whole thing, you can open the individual ones that you want in case you're sitting in one part of the room or the other, you're not just buckled down to one thing. So typically on a regular folding door, it has to open to one side or that's it. But with the, I would call it newer technology, but maybe it's just getting more popular now. You can slide the different panels wherever you want in their individual panels. It gives you even more flexibility than a folding wall. Also included in that is pivot doors. And pivot doors are, I would say, the uh, thing that's becoming the most popular as far as entry because the way that you move, you don't even need the doorknob anymore. They work with magnets and the hinges aren't there as much. So going for that minimalist detailing, a pivot door can provide you much more access to minimalist details. And I think that the material that you use for the door goes can be played with in a different way than we typically have with a swing door. So I can start bouncing around because there's so much about doors, windows, access panels, like, and the stairs. It's crazy. I mean, even garage doors are included in that. And so, you know, most of the time a garage door just ends up being what it is. You pay for fake wood or you pay you know, for this folding panel, or it's supposed to look like a barn door, but it really folds up. And it kind of just ends up being an afterthought with cake icing applied to the front of it. But there's a few companies that are kind of challenging this a little bit. It's a folding panel that moves up. That was more common years ago, like in the 60s. But because of wind, some of the and rain, the technology wasn't there. But there's a few companies that have kind of brought some newer methods of doing a single panel door which i think is really nice because the way the interior of the garage can be much more thought out instead of just being these tracks that are up in the ceiling and there's like weird angle braces trying to hit joists and the operator in the middle of the room there's growing opportunities for being architecturally intentional with your garage doors and in texas i'm hoping they get a florida or texas department of insurance certificate because Codes and things like that have for a while created this limitation when it comes to the garage door market. They have all glass garage doors now and they're they're really exciting. They just need to get some more testing done or you'd have to get specific engineering done to be able to use those on your home. But that would allow you to move more into the minimalist detailing 
for the garage element and storage element of your home. So that's all to say is really exciting where things are going with openings as well. There's more interest growing and I'm looking forward to exploring how openings can create an opening for something fun in your house. That's all for today. We could go on for hours, like just pivot doors alone. We could explore the architectural potential of those. I'm JD Cartling. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you had your interest sparked. Next time you go through a door, think about how it felt. Think about what experience did you feel going through that space. I talked a lot about the element today, but remember the door, there's openings or walls on either side of you. There's the floor that you transitioned to. Did you step down when you went through the door? Was the ceiling low on one side and higher than the other? Was there no ceiling on the other side? Was it something harsh on one side, something bright or dark? What did you move through when you went through the door? What feeling did you like? Whatever brought you joy, think about that. How could that be integrated into your your home? You know, there's so much that people park in their garage and they go through this little side door that's an afterthought. And really, then they build this big entrance on the front of the house. But that's not how the house functions. So the transition between your garage and your home for many people is something that they'll be going through day to day and that it is worthy of attention because you're paying and you're spending time on making this beautiful thing designed around you. And the garage should not just be an afterthought. The the threshold and transition in those garage doors into your home, often into a mudroom or into the kitchen area, most likely. We want that to be intentional, something that brings you joy through your thoughts when you come home, the way you think about it after work or after going out for a busy day or out at your kid's uh, sports game. Thank you so much for listening. Pay attention to your opening experience when you open a window. Do you open your windows? What would make you want to open your window more? Maybe there's something around it. Is there a secondary screen or something that would make you want to open your window that can be architecturally treated? I'm J.D. Carling. Once again, I think I've said it three times, but I just keep getting more and more ideas because it's such a fun topic. Next week, we'll be talking about finishes. Finishes could go on for forever. So I'll just do a brief overview of things to think about in finishes. And then later on, we'll get back to the specific ones in their own episodes in the future after we've gone through this series. We'll see you next time. Please subscribe on Spotify or Apple to be notified each time a new episode comes out. Let your friends know if you know anyone who dreams of having a custom home or is in the process. And you or them can go to ca-rd.com and click on book a consultation. I'll be happy to start you in your process of your new custom home. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. If you are ready to start your journey of a lifetime designing and building a custom home or project, sign up for a free consultation at ca-rd.com today. We look forward to the journey together and making something unique for you and your family. If you have any topics you want discussed or questions about your custom home design for future episodes, send us a message via our website, ca-rd.com. And again, join us next time for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast.